Francie Malloy, now MP for Mid-Ulster, was a key activist during the 1981 by-election, which saw Bobby Sands, a prisoner and hunger striker in Long Cash, elected as MP for Fermanagh and South Tyrone. In this week's Guhuna Octawahian, Voices of 81, Francie looks back on that historic election campaign and its impact and legacy on politics in the North. Well, I suppose the, um, the background, as soon as the, uh, the hunger strike started uh, on the 1st of March, um, in Tyrone-wise, we were looking at what would lift the uh, campaign, because following on from the Christmas and the end of the first hunger strike, there was a, you know, things were at a low ebb, and people were very uh, despondent and trying to find a way of getting the movement going again and get the organisation going. And so a group of us were discussing how do we actually do that, and, and one of the ways was an election, uh, because in drone terms, elections were always the sort of thing that kicked people off and got people also interested in elections. So we were discussing uh, how how we do that and, and how could we create a, a by-election and what, what would actually happen, uh, and the, um, the events around the soap. And then, you no, know, sadly, uh, Frank McGuire, who had been the OCF for prisoners in, uh, in the Crumlin Road originally, um, he, he died, uh, and so that created that started a whole new discussion as regards how uh, who would stand, uh, how we could use the the new position, uh, the by election that would actually happen, uh, and and all of that become part and part of the discussion, uh, and so the uh, we were keen to to get um, Bobby as a candidate, and that was one of the things that we had discussed in in throne terms. How do we get Bobby as a, as a candidate? Uh, and at that time, Fermanagh South Throne covered right down to Coal Island and uh, the, the turned area of, of the electoral area. And, and so the discussion around that was, was very key to, to getting Coal Island activated within that. Uh, and, and so the um, what we wanted to make sure one is that Bobby stood, that he actually would get elected. Uh, we couldn't, couldn't risk a defeat in any way whatsoever. Uh, and secondly, how would he get a clear run so that there was no opposition within nationalism and so the, the discussions and debate started around that, uh, and and that then led to the convention and and the discussion. First of all, on the lines of whether we could get a clear run, uh, and secondly, then whether Bobby should actually be stood as a candidate in that situation. Uh, and <clears throat> we we got over that stage as well. Then the next thing, once it was decided that uh, Bobby was going to be the candidate, then the facilitating of all that, and we were new to elections. Some of us had. And some background in elections, the um, but majority of us were actually new to elections. I had actually been involved in both Frank McGuire's election and Frank McManus' election before that, even though the party overall wasn't involved in, but uh, I had a keen interest in that. Time. So uh, I suppose the the, um, the key bit was actually then how making sure we got the clear run for, for Bobby. Uh, and as we got into the election campaign, then the uh, starting to, to mobilise people and, and everybody, there was a good will on the ground. People wanted to make sure. Uh, and uh, one of the things about it was to give people something to walk positively towards, because it was an issue of of electing Bobby Sands to save his life. And a very had a very positive line within it, uh, and so it became a a, a big uh, election issue. And we did actually believe that if we could get Bobby Sands elected as the MP that Thatcher couldn't ignore that and would actually have to respond. Uh, and naive that that was the thing. Well, I think it's one of the good things about elections is that there's, there's work for everybody to do. 
you know, whereas canvassing and leafleting, speaking, all them different things, it, it's one of the good things about elections that everybody has a part to play uh, within it. And the uh, whenever, you, like I often say that Fermanagh South Throne, because it'll be kept Fermanagh South Throne and Minister independent, that you know, the SDLP didn't get a foothold in it, and because of Frank McGuire and Frank McManus and, and Bernard before that in Mid Ulster, that, that was kept independent. Uh, and I often say that if, you know, if Jerry Fitt had died uh, in, in, in Belfast, w- would it have had the same effect in West Belfast? Probably would have, but you know, a, a different challenge because it was because of the independence line in, in, in Manasseh Throne. And, and so everybody got involved. In, and I remember I was down in Dublin at a meeting and there was an election or the, the aftermath of an election down there, and the uh, I seen all the party buses uh, that were burnt with the slogans and all that. So I came back with the idea that if we were going to lift this campaign, we needed a bus. Uh, it was the big thing. We talked to the local football club, who had a, a bus for the, the team, and we got the, the use of it for uh, three or four days of election. And it, it, be, it was a, a pink bus above all things, and uh, so it became the Pink Panther uh, of the election campaign. And it was very successful because you could fill the bus full of 50 people, young people uh, who were enthusiastic and who were ready to go. And we could travel around the different towns and villages and, and start the campaign. You, were, you already had 50 canvassers on board. And whenever they arrived into a village, it gave the local people enthusiasm then to get out and to join us. The other thing was the introduction of stickers and all this type of thing with you know, voting for Bobby Sands and young people particularly no, we're very keen on getting these stickers on the thing, Bobby Sands, uh, and then they were going back into their home. So in, in a way, they were canvassing their own house because they were going back into the sticker and, and bringing the message into their own house within it. And uh, it was very, very but, uh, successful in, in getting everybody involved in it. Uh, and the the people did really buy into the the campaign and, and did buy into the idea of electing Bobby Sands, and I think you know, the result actually proved that the finish up. I think the actual campaign on the ground was 10 days, uh, so it was a very, very short uh, sort of campaign on the ground, obviously from nominations and then getting things going and, and getting moving. And uh, obviously, the communication in and out of Long Cash, uh, Owen Karn was the communicator as the election agent, and so everything had to be brought in for Bobby to sign and then come back out again, then get the signatures of of all the other nominees on the outside. So it was, it was quite a, a big operation, which was, wasn't the normal line of actually just getting people uh, on the ground and, and getting them to sign. And getting that broad spread of support uh, on the nomination paper and then publishing the nomination paper was all part of that, of bringing in the widest group of people that possible that had given support from both families and from the uh, political representatives and whoever that actually could bring some pressure on and would like to get people enthusiastic. And so the, the campaign on the ground then was, you know, in, in rural areas you had, at that day particularly, you had the Sunday morning masses and, and people speaking outside those, leafleting the masses, uh, speaking at the chapel doors. All that was traditional sort of electioneering uh, in, in Fermanagh South Throne at the time. Uh, and then, you know, the, the whole issue of the dreary steeples of Fermanagh South Throne was, was a key factor. And, and it was very, very important to get the message here that this was the opportunity for the people to speak out against Thatcher and the British government. So the message was very clear. 
It wasn't just about electing Bobby Sands, uh, prisoner. Uh, it reflected all the issues that people were involved in. And then the hunger strike and the very fact that we were running out of time, that you actually had to uh, elect Bobby Sands in order to put the maximum pressure on the British government to give in to the demands of the hunger strikers and to actually try and move up. I, I basically done a, a director of elections in the South Throne. I have an own car and was running things in, in the money but uh, so I was in the, the South Throne but I'm just getting the and then the count was it was a big thing because you're going in there and hoping against hope that, that we knew that the results should be because the tornado of people on the day on polling day we, we knew that the certainly should be the the result should be good but it was down to a state state contest between Bobby Sands and Harry West you know it was state forward at that point it come down to but and our our posters reflected that there we narrowed it down to there's only one choice really. It's West or Sands, and so when we when we reached the the end of polling on that day, and it, it was some dramatic sort of scenes around polling stations uh, on the day of the election. Uh, you know, when you're going into loyalist unionist areas, I remember at Moygeshill was a notorious one where you know, people were sitting on the polling station trying to get them out of the polling station. The uh, the police stood by and wouldn't give any help or support on it. Uh, and so we lost a number of wine screens where people were cars racked and all the rest was going to, to take the, the, our people, our representatives, out of the, the, some of the polling stations. And then you had other cases like, you know, Tynan and Caledon and places like that there, where I remember Annie Mary Gildenew and, and Una Work actually sat all day to make sure that there was somebody in the polling station all day and that, that votes wouldn't be stolen. Uh, because there was a whole fear of the apparatus at that time uh, and, and not knowing what the, the situation was and how it happened. So they actually, and on the same right across the board, people you know, still sat all day representing the party and, and going in there, and particularly in difficult areas, strong unionist areas, loyalist areas, to make sure that, that the votes weren't stolen. And then when it come to the end of the polling station, uh, the polls actually had to go into the Technical College in, in, in Eskillen, and I remember one of our representatives actually sat all night with the polling boxes to make sure uh, that they wouldn't be interfered with and that, that no one would actually change them, uh, was what the whole concern was. So you could, you could sense all the time in every aspect of the election. It wasn't a normal election. It was, if people had a fear that the unions were going to uh, jeopardise this in some way, that the police, that nobody could be trusted to actually to, to handle the thing right. Uh, and, and that was a very important bit within it. Uh, when it comes to the actual count itself, then you know, massive. And when you when you seen it actually torn out, where the, the votes were coming clearly for for Bobby, uh, that was a big factor again. People's hearts were lifted completely. Uh, and and then you no, know, when it come to the announcement, and I can now that's famous announcement where uh, Alistair Patterson actually announced, you know, the, the figures for both Sands and West and Danny Morrison. Roaring on the background. <laughs> it's a momentous occasion. And you know, Bobby's mother and sister were there. And the uh, just to see the joy in their face because it showed the support that was there. You know, they might have felt very isolated and lonely before that, but the very fact that Fermanis South Throne had taken their son uh, and elected him as the MP was uh, a big factor in all that. So um, I suppose the uh, 
the election count on the the aftermath of all that and the reaction to it, uh, I think was was massive. Uh, people really couldn't believe it, uh, and I think it it, tore, it was a turning point. Like I remember, whenever before this, uh, we had proposed to the Ardesh that we actually uh, that we should put forward candidates and take their seats, uh, and it was it was basically thrown out of. Uh, the uh, Ardash completely, and we were nearly thrown out along with it. The, uh, but because uh, nobody nobody felt there was a support there in a sense, but nobody felt there was a mandate there. But whenever Bobby Sands was elected, then people realised, yes, the people would give you a mandate and and to speak up on their behalf, and so that torn the whole issue of elections in Sinn Féin uh, because it, it gave clearly a, an indication that the people were behind it, and that the people would give you support. Uh, and that once you give the people the opportunity, that they actually would follow through, and and they did that in, in six, six numbers. And and I say it changed the whole. What we said set out to, in my view, to to change the way the the politics were happening, both the prison conditions, but also what was happening outside. How to give the whole struggle a lift, and and I think his election give that lift and give the lift to Sinn Féin as an organisation to the people in general. That that things were were still the same as what they had been in Republican circles. That the support was there, and what it needed was the opportunity for a figurehead to actually lead it. And Bobby Sands actually done that by getting elected as commander from an MP. The, the support was coming from from all us and facts of things, and it's one of the good things about an election campaign. It's a unifying force within it and abroad, but also the masses of support that were coming from across the world. The, uh, and and no, all, all the, the struggles around the world, Palestinians, the Cubans, all the rest were all coming in support-wise. And then with the election, I think the, the election of Bobby Sands give struggles like them uh, an international dimension. It gives them that in the same circumstances that that same support was there. And I think that was an internationalized Republican struggle, but it also united the struggles around the world that there actually was support for the underdog to actually to come forward and to represent. And I think that's, you know, when you got streets in, in the various different parts of the world that were named after Bobby Sands, his name become synonymous with the Republican struggle, but also with struggling people in other parts of the world that they actually, and, and this was an indication that given the opportunity that the people would actually give the support and follow the, uh, the leadership. Like one of the things I found when we went talking in different parts of the world, uh, whenever the peace process come in, that one of the things about it was that the Bobby Sands election was still one of the things that, that give people confidence that if we created the right peace process, that the people would actually support that also. Because, no, Bobby Sands had, had set out to, to change the political dynamic and, and had successfully done that. Uh, and I think then people actually realised that Whatever strategy we took on after that, the leadership of that there, the indication of that there was Bobby Sands. And, and so there was support around the world for that. And I think people actually did see it in a, in a different light than maybe before that. You know? Well, I, I think there was, there was a real sense of, of needing to uh, come out and support uh, on the ground. And whenever we were doing the, the various different campaigns and, and issues around it afterwards, uh, from the election right through to his death, 
the, there was a mobilization of people that you could never imagine would actually have happened. Uh, and when you went from, like we used to do vigils and weekly demonstrations in various different towns and villages, and it didn't matter where you went, everybody from the smallest tail in the place to the most elderly person was there in support of Bobby Sands and it became the, the, the real figure within that and, and drove it along. Uh, and I think that people really felt you know, sore at Thatcher that they not only were they uh, being ignored completely with the mandate they'd give Bobby Sands and the, the fact that Thatcher was ignoring that, but also that they were taking away their MP, that the, uh, this was someone that, and they saw the potential that if, if Bobby had been allowed to live, you know, what the potential was there of him being an MP, representing them, and coming from the prison. And it was the, the whole issue of prison struggles. Phil Clark had been a, a prisoner candidate for in, an elected in Commander South Throne before that. Paul Mitchell was a prisoner candidate elected in Mid-Ulster before that. So there was a tradition there of the uh, prisoner candidate and Republicans and I think that's actually come across that, that people really felt ownership of Bobby and, and saw them as, as really their MP and they wanted him there directly to work on it and to, to be with them and to drive the struggle on within it. And I think that was the big factor that I think people felt a real sense of loss uh, after the, uh, whenever it come up to death and after his death particularly. And I think they torn out, they torn out from everywhere. At, the, at his funeral, the, the important about come across people went from every art and park, from villages, from townlands. People you never have thought would have went to if you know, were, were all there and were wanted to be part of it. People really wanted to be part of what was happening, and and to see they saw a real movement of people, and it, it come from that inspiration that Bobby had actually given of actually taking on to change, change the struggle, to change the type of struggle, and to move the whole campaign. Into a different mode, and I think when you when you look at it, you no, know, I often think it because you no, know, I would have been often up and down the motorway, and you were driving up and down the motorway, and just three or four hundred yards from the side of the motorway, there was there was men suffering in, in desperate conditions in, in the on the protest and the conditions they were living in, and then you no know, to be in there on, on hunger strike, uh, and and just how 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 little we could do on the outside directly to help them. Uh, and yet they're only a small distance away. Uh, and, and so it, it brought the prison into the community uh, and, and people actually all felt part of that. And I remember visiting you know, in the, the prison hospital after the first hunger strike, and that was the, the, the thing that really shocked me uh, at the time was just how isolated and, and, and how the prison cells in, in the cash were just you know, like cowshits that you had to put cattle on outside. Uh, and this is what was a hospital. No, it wasn't a hospital. So I, I think it, it really brought home to people. And it brought home to people that, you know, the British were trying to criminalise these men, and the same with women in, in uh, Armagh. That it brought home that these weren't criminals. These were people who were thinkers who actually had a vision, who had an ambition to actually to do and to build a country. Uh, and I think that was a bit that come across whenever Bobby Sands stood for election and also was elected as the MP, was that this wasn't a, a criminal. This was a very clearly a political thinker, a visionary for the future, and someone who actually had a means and thought out a means of how he could bring the struggle from a very low ebb at one point to actually being a major struggle across the world.